Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Give Me Back My Horror Movies, the podcast. I'm your host, Charlie, and with me as always is my other host, Nate. Say hello to the people, Nate. You know, Charlie, you can't polish a turd. You know, Mythbusters proved that wrong. You can polish a turd. That that makes sense. If there's one people that would like prove that wrong, it'd be them. I love how you keep trying to cold open this thing, and I always have a really good answer to retort back with. Yeah, yeah, I'm, usually I'm, you do. Uh, yeah. What you done, buddy? How's how's it been? How it's are you been doing? Good. Just, you feeling you better? Know, you you had the crud for a while. I still got a slight cough, but we're we're getting better each day. And we're not a hundred percent sure whether Dan's going to survive or not. Uh, I keep getting weird messages from him throughout the day. He's down with the vid. And he literally messaged me tonight going, hey, bub, I can't record. And I was like, no problem. You're not on the schedule to record. He's lost track of all time. Yeah. It's like, (laughs) it's horror night. He goes, oh, then it's not a problem. (laughs) Which led me to go like, what movie did you watch this week? Because I didn't tell you one to watch. (laughs) So... (laughs) Dan, Dan's in Danlandia right now on some kind of I watched of Ghostbusters of, again, Dan, Charlie, and I figured that's what we could watch. I literally got a picture from him with the Ghostbusters pulled up on his laptop. He was watching that. That's, I knew it. That probably would have been what he wanted to talk about. He's like, we're doing <laughs> Ghostbusters. I'm like, I didn't approve this. But what I did approve is my horror birthday episode pick. That's right. Yeah, I did. got to pick another movie. It's still my birthday month. And I picked Christine. You picked one I have not seen since my early teenage years. Oh, dude, and this is this is a rotation movie for me. This is this is every year I watch Christine. I'm kind of glad that I have not seen it in so long because there is a whole new perspective on this movie. Yeah, because there's a ton of perspectives with a movie about a car that well, kills people. It's one of those things, though, like. Yet Christine has been parodied so much in media, uh, yeah, like with yeah. Futurama, and it's been kind of like watered down, I guess mm-hmm. you could say, over the years. Where uh, kind of our perception or our memory of it, if you haven't seen it in so long, is a little skewed because you're like, oh yeah, like you 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 start to remember the stuff that makes fun of it or like pays homage to it more than the actual movie if it's been so long since yeah. you've seen it, like myself. And then going back to the original source, I was like, oh. There's definitely a little bit more uh, melancholy behind this than actual horror is what I got out of it. Yeah, this one is one of those that it's it's kind of your traditional horror, but not at the same time. I remember there I did have a spell where I didn't watch this for a while, and it was probably like from transition of moving to Ohio and then from VHS to DVD. I do remember watching it again on DVD going, man, this isn't as violent as I like to remember it was, you know? Oh yeah. Like as a kid, I remember this being extremely like, Oh, people falling left and right and getting ran over. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I had like what I perceived as vivid memories of, you know, the guy getting cut in half by the car when it goes down the alleyway against him. And, you know, I, I remembered, more blood than what's actually in the movie so which is, I, I, I think is part of where the way other things have uh 
made our memory on it go. Uh, yeah, no, you're not wrong. And I mean, there's been plenty of other like copies and people that have tried to do it. And I mean, you know, without this, we wouldn't have movies like, you know, Maximum Overdrive, which also is another movie I always felt was way bloodier than what I watch on the DVDs. Um, you know, we got the car, we got trucks, we got all these other ones. And even now, I mean, it's not new, new, but a newer version is like rubber with the, the killer tire, the tire running around blowing yeah, people's just heads up like scanners. <laughs> yeah. You know, so much you, fun. You can't do that movie without Christine starting, you know, that kind that kind of trope that just, you know, the devil can possess anything, including metal yes well i think let's let's give them an intro here and this is a trailer nate hasn't heard this trailer uh i found it i love it it is an official one but it's not your normal like movie voiceover guy you pulled a quick one on me i did but when you hear it you'll understand why i went with this one so here is an extra special trailer for christine she is seductive. She is passionate. She is possessive. She is pure. Evil. She is Christine. A 1958 Plymouth Fury. Possessed by hell. Her previous owner is not alive to warn her present one. Once she lures you behind the wheel, you will be hers, body and soul. There is no place you can hide, no place you can run, and nothing you can do can stop her. Because how do you kill something that can't possibly be alive? Christine, body by Plymouth, soul by Satan. How awesome is that? That is a killer TV spot. <laughs> oh, dude, it is. It's like those, you know, old school car commercials. You know, they talk about the sleek lines of the new, you know, whatever year car and brand and they make it all sexy and all this other stuff and then it's evil yeah it even <laughs> sounds like a little bit of like the uh cupid music playing in the background in the beginning i love that oh yeah it's very light <laughs> very like ethereal and then as soon as evil comes in it's just like dun 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 and i just love the body by plymouth soul by satan, like, satan. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it did <laughs> i loved it i i i found the, the regular trailer which is you know the shows clips from the movies it's got you know the vo it's like two and a half minutes and i was like okay i can do that and then i saw another one that still said official and i clicked on it and i was like oh god this is it yeah this that's is a good the one like, i play played after 9 p.m on primetime television you know uh yeah so that's yeah. what that is and then after that you get a kroger commercial 
Kroger or, you know, some kind of like uh, American Cheese Foundation where they're trying to sell you like Velveeta cheese. Or, yeah. <laughs> you know, something <laughs> like that. Uh, but yeah, it's it just kind of threw me back into like, you know, those kind of commercials we used to get as kids, you know, the new Chevy you know, Cavalier would come out and they'd have this thing talking about it or, you know, the Monte Carlo is out, you know, sexy lines. It was like, you can like feel the cigarette smoke in the trailers, you know? Oh God. Yeah. 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 Everybody smoked back then. Yeah. (laughs) My parents didn't, but my best friend did. So, you know, I still smelled like cigarette smoke, (laughs) you know, when I come home, you know, I used to drive mom up a wall, but, and that's the funny part is that uh, I got a connection with this movie so my what I remember about this movie growing up was this is one of the few horror movies my dad watched and because my dad's just not into horror movies didn't care oh totally same yeah and then this movie about a killer car okay dad's a mechanic I'm gonna watch a movie about a killer car and he watched it and then let me watch it which is kind of weird because I was still fairly young just started into my action movie watching so having dad go it's a horror movie i'm like uh, okay well let's let's watch it so we rented it watched it loved it my dad loved it and uh one day i was hanging out with my buddy daniels they had one of those giant freaking satellite dishes outside you remember those from like all oh, the 80s and 90s giant like like six foot diameter you're you know. tracking asteroids for nasa yeah unintentionally like no we got cable but nasa was also using those to bounce signals into space that's how big these stupid things my were. grandparents had one that thing was insane yeah and then i but, remember watching some movie as a kid where like the parents got sucked into the tv um oh they had, like john yeah. ritter in it or something like that well, yeah, and they had no, to like I, live the TV channels or something like that, and I remember like the the one is that commercial that had like the really loud noise and it blows the guy's like head off or something like that. He's sitting in the recliner chair as it, it just called, gets like, louder and louder. Stay tuned or something. I want to like say that. it's stay tuned. Yeah, I, there was a lot of those kind of kind of movies that went out, but uh, so my buddy Daniel had one of those, and I was at his house, and they had HBO because you know they paid the whatever premium that i wonder how much hbo was back then (laughs) i i can't imagine i don't don't know but uh we were watching something and we saw on the guide that christine was coming on and i told i went home and i told dad about it and he's like well ask him if i give him a tape will they record it and i was like sure so i ran it the blank tape back over to my buddy's house and his dad's like yeah no problem they it was like two o'clock in the morning so he just set up the timer thing and recorded it. And I, I still believe we have that VHS running around that we have the HBO presentation of Christine. I probably wore that tape out, man. I, I so badly want to find movie. all the old tapes that have everything recorded on them. I, 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 I don't know I if don't... they've been thrown out or not, but man, I, I really want to find them. Yeah. So my mom goes through these phases of like throwing everything out or holding on to everything so my guess is it's probably buried somewhere in a corner in probably the exact same storage thing for the vhs's we had it was like you would open up the two doors and there's vhs's in the doors there's vhs's on the back cabinet part of it 
you know, uh, it was like that MDF fake wood uh, uh, yeah. holder. <laughs> we even had but, like a uh, like a slider drawer almost. Oh, you know, we you had pull the it out, too. and then like yeah. your VHS tapes just fit perfectly there. We had uh, we had one of those, and it was like one, the right side was mine, the left side was my sister's. And then, like, the bottom one was, like, the community ones, and then all the dads were in one spot, you know, because that's where all the Arnold and action movies and all that <laughs> stuff was. That was our little library of VHSs. You know, they took up a lot of space, man. You didn't realize how much space they took. Especially till, uh, if you get some uh, Disney ones in there. They're big-ass oh cases. Oh, my God, those clamshells, man. Yeah. freaking huge. And poofy. Why do they need to be so dang poofy? Don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. But, no, it's... Uh, so yeah, I grew up with this movie pretty early on because it was a car horror movie that, and I guess that's the reason why dad let me watch it was because it's not overly violent, but man, they dropped the F-bomb a lot in this movie. Yeah, they did because they're like, the movie's not violent, just throw in F-bombs. Yeah, they were scared to get a PG rating because this was still early enough to not, there was no PG-13. Yeah. And because there's there's violence, but not graphic violence, they were like, well, we're just going to drop the F-bomb like 20 times in this movie to get it through people's head that this isn't, you know, a PG movie. And then they got in trouble because they put too many F-bombs. Yeah, because then everyone started like, oh, this is just filthy. How dare they? (laughs) They got super (laughs) criticized for the overuse of the F-bomb. That's what you get offended about, not about teenagers getting ran over by a car that's on fire. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Not a car sold by Satan. No. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of in a similar boat. Like, my dad's never been big in horror, but this, Alien, Jaws, Predator, those were all ones that he introduced to me. Because um, this one would have came out, I think, in his senior year. So yeah. I, I get why it's impactful to him, you know? And And, and that was it. You know, when I say... When I say horror, like dad watched Predator, dad watched Aliens. I have a hard time classifying those movies like specifically in a horror genre. Yeah, because they blend. Even though they do. I mean, yeah, they're more violent than most movies, but I'm talking like dad just, I could go ask him right now and go, what's all the Friday the 13th movies you watched? And he goes, is that the dude in the hockey mask or the one with the glove? And I'd be like, hockey mask. He's going to be like, I-, I watched maybe two of them on yeah. TV, you know, in not paying attention to it. Cause that's, that's literally how much my dad cares about that stuff. And then like the other thing with this one too, this is the six Stephen King adaptation before the book. It even came out. It's the six Stephen King movie. Yeah. That name was... is undeniably powerful. Even back then you're talking well, about a man un... that's now sold 350 million books. Well, to, to that credit, this movie went on without a book. Yeah, at first. I mean that that's insane to in think its about. Manuscript now. like yeah. stages and like it's insane too when you look at like the eighties of who was directing Stephen King adaptations. You've got Brian De Palma, George Romero, mm-hmm. David Cronenberg, John Carpenter, Rob Reiner, like nothing but heavy hitters. Oh, uh who did um who did the shining? Well uh, I mean, it was uh, Stanley Kubrick. Yeah, so you had Kubrick that did that. I mean, these are top-tier guys. And I mean, and you're talking Stephen King with John Carpenter. 
at the helm. I mean, come on. Yeah, Carpenter, and this is like the best time for Carpenter because it's directly after the thing, which was mm-hmm. sadly another bomb for him because the <sighs> world was not ready for the thing. <laughs> All you people that are like, we want something new. We've been given new and you screwed it up. Okay. <laughs> 1982 was just not prepared for such violence and carnage on screen. No. No, it it wasn't. But I also I think it comes down to movie studios didn't know how to market those movies. How how do you market an isolation movie in the Antarctica? Yeah, exactly. You know, and how Kurt Russell you... is not exactly a selling star power that he is now. You know. Well, it, well, here's he was for Disney for family. Yeah, yeah. Not. I for mean, you're you're talking the kid that, after you know, Escape from New York, and now this, and then even Big Trouble in Little China was a bomb. Like, yeah, no, it was it was hard. I mean, there's a whole generation that he's the computer that wore tennis shoes, not Snake Plissken. You know, yeah, n- not any. You know, not McCready. That's who he is to me, and always will be. He is those characters from John Carpenter. You know. But there, but when this stuff was out in theater, it, people didn't know how to how to how to accept. Yeah, all it, this stuff you know, found second life when it became the VHS because that's when the home theater or or the home rental store started to pop up. You know, the mom and pop yeah. places, and you could afford to rent them instead of purchasing what eighty dollars for a VHS tape. God, it was crazy. I remember those days where it was like eighty ninety dollars for a VHS. Especially, like, remember when they would start to go down and they would have sticker after sticker? Yep. You know, marking there, there it down? There would be, like, a literal stack of just all these different prices of stickers on there. And, I mean, and it, it's really weird to look at it today that you can go get the same VHS for 25 cents. Oh, yeah, depending and it's on super weird to remember the awkward transition when stores would have VHS and, like, one section of DVDs. Yep. No, I I, I you know? remember that. I mean, yeah, Blockbuster was even like that because I mean that when I oh, was yeah. up... even Blockbuster did not have much in the DVD section at all. Because I remember yeah, when we well... got our DVD player, we had like The Patriot and I think Hollow Man. Like there really wasn't much at that time. Patriot was actually like my second or third DVD. My first one was Eraser. I still got it. Um, but yeah, it was when I was already in Ohio that I got DVD and then you're like, okay, uh, I want to go rewatch all of my movies that I already own, but on oh, yeah, DVD. Yeah, because now when we get to see them in these like crystal clear picture, which, yeah, that, that was high def for us. <laughs> speaking of, I watched the 4k of oh, Christine. It is gorgeous. Like I, it took my breath away of how beautiful and how much love was taken into that transfer that this weekend I need to go hunt down like a physical copy of it. I, I couldn't well, believe how great it was. Well, then I need to go get one because uh, I, I still have just a regular DVD copy of this, and that's what I put in. It's like, it's what I got. But again, it, it it's such a crapshoot with, is it going to be a good transfer or is it going to be, okay, it yeah. says HD on the DVD, but the, quality still vhs quality yeah, you know no, that, this was you could tell frame by frame that they poured love into it and i was just so happy by the time the credits roll i was like i can't believe how incredible this turned out like but it's for how old this movie is from 1983 
so impressive. It was one of the things, though, with John Carpenter was he shot beautiful movies. Yeah, like he knew how to shoot a movie, and like he, he, everything he's made still holds up. I think so. I mean, even as far as some of his, like, I mean, even grittier than Escape from New York is when you get into the stuff like Assault on Precinct 13, you know, those are some yeah. really dark, gritty movies on the visuals, and to see him now in this higher def, you're like, man, it still holds up. It's it, it, He was one of those that wasn't trying to hide things with how he filmed it. He was filming the mood. He filmed it to set, you know, it was an, the, the film itself is another character in the movie. You know, the, the light stuff is light when it needs to be. And then the dark stuff is dark. And then like the scene with Christine on fire going down the road. I don't care what version you see of that. It is gorgeous from oh, yeah. VHS on. You know, it's the most iconic scene in the movie, say, too. the reason why it's so iconic. Um, yeah. Even, like, his movies like They Live or Prince of Darkness, like, every single one of them, when they get transferred over, it's like, yep, still, this just looks fantastic. The opening shot to Christine has this beautiful, like, brown tone to it to kind of reflect mm -hmm. the 1950s. And that's all filmed in like an empty, abandoned uh, warehouse. That wasn't an actual like um, car lot, but it felt like it was in Detroit, you know? Yeah. Well, and it was just a way to make Christine pop off the screen. That oh yeah, red definitely that red. Had to, I mean, that red had to be vibrant in VHS era movie going. And I mean, hell, we're, it's not even VHS era when this was made. It's film we're still at the point where what's vhs almost you know that might have been starting yeah. but they still made movies to be seen in drive-ins and theaters and stuff like that it it's gorgeous and it's the, one one of the reasons this movie still stands the test of time oh absolutely do we want to get into the three sentence synopsis and then go into break uh let's see where are we at uh let's do it we can do three sentence synopsis and then let's do uh let, let's do the budget and stuff like that let's yeah, talk a little yeah, bit about that. that and yeah, then before like we kind of nostalgia to talk about with this and yeah how we, we kind of to it we kind of jumped the gun on that but you know what that's what we do there's no time limit on what we do here so none at all let's do nate's newly patented three sentence synopsis one possessed beauty. The wheels of death keep spinning. This is a love story from hell. Yeah, pretty pretty much is. I mean, this is a straight up love story. This is, you know, this is what this is the movie you take your girl to. This is, you know, it's like we're gonna we're we're gonna go watch a romantic movie. Let's yeah, go. This is it on Valentine's Day at the drive in. Yep. And you go watch Christine. That's that's exactly yep. what I would do. On that. <laughs> Nate, hit us up with some numbers. All those yeah. number-hungry people out there are just on the edge of their seat wanting to know the stuff only Nate knows. because he no one else on can IMDb. ever get this information from anywhere else. <laughs> only I. I do a lot of digging. So, obviously, John Carpenter, this is his ninth film total. But that's including TV films, the stuff before Halloween. This is actually yeah. his fourth film after halloween so 
he's not in a career rut or anything like this. We're getting prime Carpenter. Um, but, you know, the thing was a box office bust, and mm-hmm. it was kind of one of those he needed work to do. So he didn't write this like some of his other work, but this had a budget of $9.7 million, and it, opening weekend it grossed $3.4 million, and worldwide it made $21 million. So this was something he needed. This was a he win for him. This. Yeah. This was a this was a big win. Now, as we say he needed and needed a big win. Halloween was a box office success. Smash. Like, yeah. Smash powerful. It held the record till Blair Witch I think came out, something like that for, for like lowest yeah. lowest budget highest return and sadly like he didn't like get anything from that because of how the rights all worked out back yep. in the day oh, yeah yep so when we say this is a big win he needed he did he needed this win to say hey people still want to see my style of movie making even though he does kind of end up falling back on his face later on in the 80s when we get halloween 2 and you know a handful of others that again i just he was ahead of his time production the studios didn't know really how to market him you know because it was like oh you had a hit with halloween make more of that and he's like i only wanted to make that i want to go to the yeah. next he thing you want to make halloween too it was just no. like here's some money he's like okay we'll see what we can make it happen right it, but it, it was just one of those things that i still to this day it was like they didn't know how to utilize him they, he was he was beyond what anyone was prepared for and, and we look like, kind of followed him with escape from la vampires <laughs> ghost of mars like everything i love vampires oh I, vampires I love, is I awesome love. I love James Woods, man. That's actually a documentary of James Woods hunting down vampires. That is such a fun favorite watch. And I actually popped in Ghosts of Mars this year just because, you know, I was like, "Ah, I want to watch something. It was originally supposed to be a Snake Plissken movie, but they just decided to just make it its own standalone that movie's funner than people remember, I think. I, I, I say, really feel... I remember watching it when it came out, being highly disappointed, I haven't seen it since. So I, I need to go back. I've been wanting I, to go back because of realizing the cast of who's in that and kind of what... He was probably, once again, ahead of time, and we were just all too dumb. Well, I'll tell you what. This this will be a show first. We'll, we're, it's on the list now. We're, we'll throw it on is, the list, yeah. That that is that is going to be a movie we do within a few episodes. Let's say that because we have some stuff lined up, getting ready to happen that uh, we can't bump too many things. Yeah, on we can't schedule. really. But down the line, I mean, he's always been like a very open and honest person, which I have so much respect for. Yeah, and he said, I've read an interview with him before where he's like, "I'd like to do another movie," but he's like. Honestly, I just like watching basketball and playing video games. So if you can get me away from playing video games, I might be able to make one more. I mean, I can't fault him for that. I I really can't. But I'm also like, man, I feel cheated almost sometimes because of the great. He's considered one of the greats. You know, the movies that we all look at now and go, this is fantastic. How did people not 
not, you know, spend thousands and, you know, millions of dollars to go watch. You know, we can look at that now. That's that whole hindsight's 2020 kind of thing. But it's like, I, I feel like the generations before us screwed us over. It's like, you should have went and saw more of his movies. You should have saw what he was trying to do. So we could have got more Carpenter. I could have got well, Snake Plissken on like four or five more sequels. Yeah, we should have, by all means. Even his music talent we haven't even talked about is incredible. Oh, God. His yeah. musical score abilities. He put out an album last year called Lost Themes 3, which is basically like he's got these Lost Theme albums that are songs that could fit to movies but are not. Mm-hmm. It, they're fantastic. Like, everyone, go look up the song Skeleton. It is classic Carpenter, and I believe it's like his grandson scores them with him. They're great. They're like they are fantastic albums. I listen to them all the time. Cannot recommend them enough. Let's do an independent movie and see what the rights cost. Be like, let's let's get back to the roots. Yes. You know, come on, John. Let's just help us out here. We just we need that that it's Halloween, but it's not Halloween. I want a mix of a little bit of Christine in there. Give me a sprinkling of the thing. And then Snake Plissken going, yeah, that's that. Give me that. Give me that soundtrack. <laughs> give me that. That's what I want. Snake Plissken type will be our hero. Dude, I could do a year's worth of shows just on John Carpenter movies. Oh, yeah, I definitely. could. I mean, I, everyone laughs at some of the ones like I actually revisited. I, I do. I go through a John Carpenter stint and I have quite a few of the movies and I watched escape from new york i had anthony watch it with me and i was like there's nothing wrong with this movie he can watch oh, there's it. really nothing in that movie no no and we're watching and he's like ah, that was actually really cool and i was like that's, that's kind of badass and i was like there's another one and he's like really i'm like yeah let's let's watch because i hadn't watched it in a while i haven't seen that one in a long time either <laughs> so i popped in escape from la and i'm like okay you know most pop culture when they and i know we're talking it's a movie about christine but we're talking about uh, escape from new york it's it's all related the vision that a lot of people have of snake plissken which is that long trench coat this kind of a badass oozy yeah the and the there's a certain certain shirt he's wearing that's the one from escape from la not escape from new york but just so, like with Christine, it's our nostalgia and the way yeah. that we remember stuff that we haven't seen in so long. And honestly, eliminate the surfing scene, the movie's still really freaking good. I was enjoying every bit of tongue-in-cheek slaps. Bruce freaking Campbell is in the movie, okay? Bruce Campbell's in the movie. If you get Bruce in it, it's already good. It's good. You know what Christine 2 needs? Bruce I take Campbell. that back. From Dust Till Dawn 2 is terrible. <laughs> but he's not in it throughout. No, but that movie is really bad. <laughs> it is really bad. It is really bad. Back to Christine. We, we've digressed off of... Uh, on, it's John Carpenter talk, so it fits. Yeah, I it's fine. Say it fits. It, there's no problem talking about John Carpenter. Um, no, this is... God, I love this movie. I just really do, man. This is why I picked it. This is, this is why it's the birthday episode. Yeah, this is like, what is my favorite horror movie? Christine. That That is my one true answer. I can't even answer that with 
action. I really can't. You know, yes, I picked Highlander as my birthday episode for it because I got to pick. Is it my one true favorite action movie? I can't answer that question. I literally can't answer it because I don't know what my one true favorite action movie is. Horror? Christine. Period. Easy enough. Yeah. That's what's for you. I got to think on that one. Yeah. Do you have. I'm saying we got to have that answer. You know, this is probably then your favorite Stephen King movie. Okay. It's probably tied if we're talking Stephen King. And it's going to be controversial, but I absolutely love Maximum Overdrive. I was going to say, it's going to be Maximum Overdrive. I knew it. (laughs) That movie is everything a teenage boy wanted to watch on the big screen. Was vehicles coming to life, killing people, rocking soundtrack from ACDC. What? could go you had the dude from mighty ducks calling you an asshole a kid got run over by a steamroller (laughs) dude got hit by pop cans come on that movie had everything an adolescent boy wanted and green goblin was marvel the green goblin's face chasing people down and as we find out, as we got older, it was a coked out of his mind Stephen King, which I'm sorry, makes the movie even better to me. Yeah, That's... I love that he doesn't even remember, like, making it because he was so coked out of his mind. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I've, I've heard it's a movie I've done. It's also the last movie. I, it's the first and last movie I did. Yeah. I was like, Because no one can make a Stephen King movie right, so I'm going to do it myself. Okay, so that happened. <laughs> what a weird fever dream. <laughs> Stephen King can't make a Stephen King movie right. But, no, I mean, that is... And I like a lot of his other movies, and I like a lot of the other movies that sometimes people kind of look down on. I like that one, um, and the name of it's... Uh, uh, I can't remember it, but it had um, the guys that go to a cabin. Uh, it's like Dreamcatcher. Dreamcatcher. Dream yeah. That's what it's it got is. Brody in it from Mallrats. Brody and the guy that played Punisher, Thomas Jane. Yep. And all these other guys. Like Morgan Freeman's in that one, too. That one was a good one. Uh, I liked it. I really enjoyed that movie. And it's another one that people just go, that wasn't that good. I don't, what do you, why did you like it? I was like, because it was different it really, I really was. Yes. enjoyed secret window and that's one that people seem to hate and i'm like i don't know johnny depp was awesome in it gave a great performance look people are gonna like what they like people are gonna not like what they don't like and who are we to say yay or nay i am not a movie critic i host a movie podcast to tell people about movies i either like or i didn't like but i can't tell you to like it or not like it no i mean mine mine's are like classic ones like the shining to me is like the epitome of horror like i just cannot say enough great things about the shining the dead zone Ooh. is another fantastic one i like dead zone i need to rewatch 1408 jackie rented it i think not long after it came out but um go back to your shining we just watched that again this year because anthony wanted to watch it and so I was like, sure, I haven't watched this in forever, so let's watch The Shining. I was bored out of my mind. Oh, no. 
bored out of my mind. And then the only time that my heart rate raised up was when I forgot there's a full frontal nudity shot with Anthony watching the movie. <laughs> and then she turns into a skeleton and I was like, yep. okay, uh, that boner's gone and that will scare him for life. I think I even that, talked yep, about now that. He will never, we've talked about this before. <laughs> we have, but I, I don't know if I said it then, but I was like, I, I was bored watching the movie. Like I've always liked the shining when I finally got to see it in theaters. That's when it was like, yep, this is, there's a reason why. Cause like getting to see it on film, getting to hear that soundtrack in a movie theater is so haunting. The performances, oh, yeah. the shots, like everything about it is just perfection to me. I, I'm not saying it's a bad movie. I'm not saying it was done poorly. I'm not saying anything other than it just it wasn't for you. It wasn't for me. It, the sequel that just came out, Doctor Sleep, is fantastic. It's like three hours long, but it's about Danny it. three uh, three hours or thirty years later, and yeah. oh, it's really good too. Like it has no right to be as good as it is. We have it. We just haven't watched it yet. It's been one of those like, okay, I think we got it like a two pack. So Jackie bought the shining and then it was Dr. Sleep was like included with it. Yeah. And so we haven't watched it yet or anything like that. I'm not and again, not saying I won't watch it. Not saying 20 years from now, I don't try to watch the shining again, but you know, you hear people talk about this fantastic movie and sure it probably is. But you know what I'd rather watch? A car that's on fire Christine. running down the road, <laughs> running people over. That has so, teeth in the grill. Yeah. Oh, God, I love this. All right, man. Uh, let's go ahead and do our commercial break real quick. And when we get back, let's uh, let's actually let's actually talk about the movie this let's time. Let's actually, yeah. You want to talk? We'll talk about the movie next time. So, all right, everybody. We'll be right back. Here are our commercials. Hey, this is Jimmy Street, host of the Live and in Color with Wolfie D podcast. Hear the life and times of professional wrestler Wolfie D. From his times in the territories with PG-13 to his times in WWE, ECW, WCW, TNA, and more. Nothing is off limits and nothing will be held back. Available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all major podcast formats. Welcome to the Monster Movie Stomp Down where twice a month we review monster movies from all corners of the planet. Join me, Sludge. And I was, went to watch it the other night, and she's like, why are you watching this? You can quote this movie line for line. That's very accurate. My co-host, Mark. Don't ask me to, to do a stomp down on this, because it's zero. <laughs> okay, dude. Ruben, what's your stomp down rate? And our brother from Texas, Ruben. It, it's just, I'm like, wait a minute, they tricked me into watching this. <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's what I felt like. like. As we give you the history, our review, and the stomp-down rating of some of the best and worst monster movies around. Available through the Podbean app, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Amazon. Make sure and check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Welcome to Good Beer, Bad Movie Night, where each month we drink finely crafted brews while watching terrible films in order to see just how drunk you have to get to enjoy them. So tune in and join Troy. Killboy Kreitz. <laughs> oh, that was pretty good. Thank you. <laughs> Dave. I have the weirdest boner. 
and peat. IPAs are ales, meaning they are bottom fermented. Excuse me, they are top fermented. I f that up. <laughs> Try that again. As we drag Kathleen. Kicking and screaming through an alcohol-fueled podcast dedicated to movies of questionable quality and the frosty adult beverages that help make them tolerable. Good beer, bad movie night. Clearly, it's the beer's fault. All right, we're back. We back. We got them pesky commercials out of the way now. Now we are free to talk about the movie, Christine, that we've danced around for 30 minutes about. <laughs> but you got to hear about us gush about a bunch of stuff that we love. <laughs> we, we have kept it somewhat on track. It's Stephen King talk, John Carpenter talk, and all that fits with Christine. Yep. So, but now this we're going to... opens up with a beautiful her oh god i'm not even a car guy and that purr is mute is just to die for well not only that but we get thrown into like good old classic rock and roll george thurgood yes and you know you're watching you know we all at least my generation a little bit of nate we knew what like the car industry was like back in the day you know when detroit was pumping out these land yachts they were works of art that were rolling off of the assembly lines and it's i think it's one of the reasons why my dad liked this movie so much and a story that i don't know why he never told me this till like i think like a couple years ago was we were talking about christine because it is one of the few movies that we've talked about that's horror and he's like yeah your uh your grandma drove one and I'm like, wait, wait, Whoa. what? He, well, he was like, well, it was my grandma, so it would be your great-grandma. I'm like, okay, because I was like, I don't remember my grandma. So I didn't see them a whole lot. They lived in New York, so it was only when they traveled down. And my dad is a product of, product of very older, much older parents. So, okay. you know, he, he was very, you know, they were older when he was born. So, um, but yeah, his grandmother drove a Plymouth Fury you know the, the which explains why great granny had all those hit and runs on her license right um so yes uh, not so much <laughs> i don't know if there's actual hit and runs but the story dad likes to tell me was they changed the speed limit on one of the main roads that she traveled every day and they lowered it she didn't care yeah She's like, I've driven on this road this fast for this long. I'm going to keep doing it. And had amassed quite a few speeding tickets. And even when they, you know, took license away a couple times, she kept driving. It wasn't her. It was the car. Yeah. And then dad (laughs) told me when he went back up, uh, when my grandfather passed, they had to go up and settle everything in, um, in New York. He went up to the old garage and he goes, the car is still sitting there. And I'm like, why are we not in a flatbed on our way to New York? Instantly. Yeah. Let's get hit the road. Now he goes, it's buried in dirt. It's been sitting there so long. The building was about to fall down on it. And he goes, the main reason we didn't was 
he went over and popped the hood and someone had already taken out the engine. Everything iconic about it, it, so much was destroyed on the car. Even though it was covered, it was still getting wet and it was just beyond beyond salvaging. And I think he does kind of kick himself a little bit for not like taking some kind of small piece off of it just to say we have a piece of the car. But, you know, your dad was dealing with funeral arrangements and you know clean you know getting the house different other stuff out. is hitting you at that point it was like that it's it's fine you know but the story now of that makes so much more sense why dad was drawn to this particular movie you know we watched maximum overdrive yeah because it was badass and, yeah because it's just you know, cool crashes and explosions and it was you know it's a, it's a, the perfect action horror movie but for dad to be like yeah we, we're going to watch a movie about a possessed car and it's a love story, but I'm also like realizing my dad's watching it going, I grew up seeing that car all yeah. the time. And I'm like, that's, that's really cool. So I have additional nostalgia. I didn't even realize I had because of my dad's, you know? So it's just, it, it just makes the movie even more important to me to the fact that for Christmas this year, mom got me a die cast Christine, uh, basically like a hot wheel. And Jackie and I had found the model at Walmart that you put the put together wall Walmart model of Christine. And I'm like, yeah, this is that needs to go in the, the shop. Movie. Yeah. This is going in the shop. It's on the shelf. I'll share pictures of it later, but it's not put together. It's just the box, right? Now. The box is sweet though. <laughs> yeah, the box is the movie art. So it's like, I can't make it look like that. I'll, I'll build it and set it on fire, I guess. That would yeah. be the closest I could get to <laughs> With our accurate. super soaker flamethrower that you build. <laughs> yeah, that, there you go. A nice little callback. And I mean, it's so I love this movie so much. I'm in like a fan club on Facebook about it. That the only thing in there is people like sharing pictures of either their replicas. Uh, some guy shared production photos that his mom had took because she was like an extra for a day. So there was oh, like that's these. Sweet. Yeah, so there's behind the scene look. And they were pictures that no one had ever seen. The problem is it's just different angles of the car that everyone knows. You know, so it wasn't like John Carpenter sitting in it driving yeah. it or something. <laughs> it was just, hey, look at all these cool pictures my mom took. And it was like different little, you know, angles of the car, but it was still like it's it's still Christine. And there was like twenty eight of those that were used for the movie. So it's like and one of only them was probably on screen. Only two, and one is sold for a hundred and forty-six. Yeah, I know it was like a hundred some like thousand. Yeah, it's, I know. It's up I've seen a replica of it at a convention. I, so I, have I. I don't think the uh, actual the two the surviving ones have ever been on public display, as far as I could find. You know, I don't think that. I think it's in private collections. Obviously, yeah, because it's of one the of value. those like. Jerry Seinfeld probably owns it, you know, or something like that. With I don't know, it's probably cars. like Leno, Leno or one of those guys. Yeah. Actually, to be honest, it's probably some kind of like Iranian prince. That owns. we don't even know. He had like a bootleg VHS copy growing up. And it was, what was that in uh, Tropic Thunder? They only have the one VHS copy of a Simple ben Stiller's Jack. Simple Jack. <laughs> it's like, we watched this movie, y'all, and it's the only movie we own. And that's what this guy was like. I grew up with only Christine on a <laughs> camcorder recorded in the theater version. Of, and it of was the, the greatest thing ever. <laughs> he loved it. He had to own the car 
for you know from the movie so he paid all that money for it but i've been to car shows you know they've always got the replicas of them and it's so weird that i'll go to a car show with dad and you have to remember that that car comes in other colors yeah i've seen it in yellow i don't think even originally came in red off the line i think that's a custom job i didn't look at i didn't look that up but it's like i've seen them in black i've seen yellow i've seen white but most all other ones are red and you know it's it's iconic it's just flash a picture up boom Christine, and it's I know what it is. It's, it's because just, of Stephen King going. This car did not get the respect it deserved. I'm going to you know pay love to it. I, yeah, I mean, I didn't he was grow like, up. Everyone in the, loves the Thunderbird, but no one loves the Plymouth Fury. Fury. Yeah. And then after this comes out, everyone needs one. You know. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Look at you know a lot of the iconic cars that we grew up with watching as kids the general lee the you know the a-team van you would think you could go to any place anywhere and go buy a chevy van or gmc van that should be the a-team van you want to know how hard that is it's extremely hard (laughs) it's extremely hard one because it's a very specific size van and and optioned out two was that stupid cash for clunkers crap that people went and gave Got their cars away for a few stuff. hundred yep. bucks to be crushed up. And we lost so many vehicles that now everyone wants. I mean, every you know? kid growing up wanted a DeLorean because of Back to the Future, you know? Yeah, and that was already a rare enough car as it exactly. was. And it was a crappy car. Yeah, you know? it wasn't even a good vehicle. <laughs> no, there's a reason it doesn't exist anymore. You know, it, it, it was it was crap. It does sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. That's <laughs> yeah. what it was. It cracks me up. The Arnie's first car is this vehicle, and he buys it for $250. I love it. Did, did, and, did you... Do you know who the old man is from? Did you recognize he him from anything so else? He looks so familiar, but I didn't know his name, so I, I was like, I don't even know who to look up, truthfully. He is the old man neighbor in Home Alone. Oh, is he really? <laughs> yeah, the one <laughs> Kevin kept thinking was a murderer. Yeah. And he's out there spreading yeah, salt. That makes sense even spreading further. Salt. So now when I watch Home Alone, I'm just waiting for him to call Kevin a shitter because he calls everyone <laughs> a shitter in this movie. Everyone like, is a shitter in the world. Just shitters, just shitters. And I was like, "Was that a thing? Was that a was that a saying they said back in the day?" <laughs> Everyone's in a shitter. Nineteen seventy eight. Yes, because <laughs> I've worked on construction sites, and that's a totally different thing. That's a literal <laughs> porta potty. That's the yeah, that's where you got to go. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, he was he was the old man in uh, Home Alone. Nice. Now the two hundred fifty dollars in nineteen seventy eight to today's money is a thousand sixty nine. I had to look it up. My first car did cost me a thousand bucks. So I guess it checks out. My first car was well, let's see. The first yeah, car what was yours? I, okay, so I have a first vehicle that dad got me and it was an S ten. Uh like an eighty five or eighty six S ten. Nice. The first vehicle I paid money for was a nineteen eighty six Chevy Celebrity Eurosport and I bought it off my uncle for 500 bucks and it had rust spots in it it still ran good 
the rims didn't look great. You know, it, he took care of it, but the body was showing age. Dad and I worked on that a summer, repainted it, cleaned up everything to the point that when my uncle came back from, because this is the uncle that lived in Ohio, when they came in to visit and I had driven it to the granny's house where we were all getting together, he's like, you could see in his face, like, what did I give away? Oh, yeah, he's like, I he's only, like oh, give it he's back. Like, I, I only charged like 500 bucks and it looks like it did probably when he bought it, you know, because dad's a mechanic. My dad was a body man. You know, that's my dad owned a 58 Plymouth Fury for like a week because he bought it for $50 at a dealership he used to work for as a kid and they would bring in the trade-ins. And he would get to pick through all the trade-ins. And he's like, I had so many of these classic cars now that are worth fifty, sixty, hundred thousand dollars. He goes, I'd run through them in a month and crash them or rip a motor out and put and it like, in something else. I'm going to Frankenstein to this to be another vehicle. Look, Dan knows better than most what my dad's like, but dad can't leave anything alone. I left a van with him for a summer and it came back cut four feet out of it and a pickup bed added to the back <laughs> so that that's my dad in a nutshell and he's been like that since a teenager so arnie would have loved it he would have loved darnell's he would have hung out at darnell's all the time trying to put things trying together. to actually put things together with darnell's like spare pieces that are just lying around See, i love how darnell was such an asshole when he this was movie. My first vehicle was the type that you would think Arnie would have had. It was a 91 Dodge Spirit. Oh, I know the Spirits. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> I, bought I that was thing. expecting like Toyota Corolla or something. No, I bought you. that That's thing why. in 2006. So that car was 15 years old compared to Christine being 20 years old. Um, my car's name was Buttercup. Oh Nowhere near as beautiful. And uh, she would have not turned me into a confident person because I know this because she did not do that. Every time it rained, it flooded in the passenger uh, floorboard. <laughs> I had a little <laughs> pond. <laughs> yeah, that car was a, a piece of work that did not make it past a year of owning it before I had to get in our vehicle. <laughs> That's hilarious. Also very depressing because you're like, I bought it in 2006 and I'm like, Jesus, man, I had a mortgage in 2006. I was 18. <laughs> Anthony was born in 2006. Holy shit, dude. Yeah, dude. You're a baby. <laughs> God. Where's, where's old man Dan? He makes me feel better about this shit. <laughs> He's <laughs> dying of COVID right now. He's dying of COVID <laughs> right now. What movie are we doing tonight? We're not. Oh, Charlie, good. <laughs> I can see Dan Aykroyd. He's in my living room. <laughs> oh poor dan we're all praying for you buddy we hope you pull through <laughs> even if someone's listening to this months later we're still hoping we're still really through. pulling through for you dan <laughs> it's 2025 right now come on dan you got you this. got this <laughs> <laughs> oh man and I, this movie started out and i guess it's one of the reasons why i always I guess for a long time remembered it being bloodier than it was, was it like almost chops off a dude's hand right off. Yeah. The bat. Right at the beginning is that is like one of my first worst fears is a hood. The hood falling, falling. onto my hand. Yeah. Like, Oh God, scared of that happening. Even yeah, today were... when I have to check the vehicle every morning, I'm like, Oh, it's going to happen. There, there's, 
some of them had hood rods some of them just had really stiff springs you know but you would hope a new car would do it but i was like i'm also i'm watching it again last night going he still has his fingers that seems like a missed opportunity to me it's like they should have at least bandaged over and had a lot more blo- blood yeah, involved. you could have had some digits on the ground you know yeah and then you know it asphyxiates the other guy because he's smoking inside of it you know it's like yeah, that's the car's things in my memory of this movie i felt like i remember the inside glowing all the time and it doesn't. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> like, I really felt I was like, oh, yeah, every time Christine's about to kill, it's like the whole inside illuminates. It's like, no, it, it's the drive-in scene is where it really happens. The, dr- the drive-in scene is where it, like, gets intensely hot in there, where it's, yeah. she's trying to kill the new girlfriend, which is a whole, there you go. there's the love story part. It's a love triangle between Arnie and Christine Lee and, and Christine. Lee, you know, but... Uh, who cares about the romance part? The romance part was between Arnie and the car, but let's, uh, let's talk a little bit more about, I, t- I took some notes. So what some people may not know is Charlie now has a notebook. So Charlie's keeping like accurate notes of movies and everything he does when he watches them. He's so. doing what Nate has been doing, but he's making way better doodles. I have pretty cool doodles and I actually, Nate started in a, in a notebook and I went and got a journal so, you know, my, mine's kind of cool. Yeah, his you know. is a little, little bit better. He, he got the was, upgraded model. I was like, I, I told Nate, I stole your idea, and here's what I'm doing. And he's like, damn you. Damn you stealing my idea. But uh, damn a couple. <laughs> one question I had in this movie, the biggest question I have in this movie, why does Buddy look like he's 37 in, the, in high school? He is John Travolta with sideburns. Oh, my God, he is. He is John Travolta with sideburns. And he's John Travolta, 1995. <laughs> <laughs> so, broken, broken Arrow? Is that the version? Yeah, that's, that's the era of John Travolta that you get playing a high schooler. That guy has not done anything else, whoever played him. No, but uh, I did look it up because I remembered... We were talking about the girl in Cellar Dweller where I was like, she looks 43, and she was actually 43 when she was yeah. filming the thing. <laughs> He's only two years older than Arnie. Than, Arnie's than like the in guy. his early 20s in this. Yeah, so it's Keith Gordon. Uh, Buddy's only two years older than him. But the way they look side by side, especially in the, uh, uh, the, shop, the, class. the shop class, you're just like, why does why is buddy even there he could be teaching the class it's <laughs> buddy I mean, should have been like in some sort of 80s action movie that's kind of feels like a missed opportunity he has like the the look he just has that look of he could be an 80s villain well in an action i think movie. that's what i think that's what it is is he just has that that trope that you know yeah he's got he's got to look like that greaser kind of feel you know but even like arnie's buddy looks the right age you know he yeah he, he pulls off being a jock he pulls off all this other stuff you know dennis i like dennis's character in this even though he's a bit naive as it goes through it is but like i really appreciate arnie and dennis's friendship and that's what like really broke my heart now watching it as an adult was seeing arnie is just a tragic victim in all this and dennis loses his friend because by yeah. all means there are two 
um, social cliques or whatever you want to say. Arnie being the nerd, Dennis mm-hmm. being like the star wide receiver on the football team. Like, yeah, those two should not be the friends, jobs. but they clearly have been friends since they were children mm-hmm. and grown up together. And Dennis has not like turned his back on him. He still hangs out with the jocks and Arnie. Like, yeah, he, he, you know, he doesn't like try to like sideline him or anything like that, even to the point where he was originally after Lee. And when he finds out that Arnie is the one that is now seeing Lee, he doesn't like take it out on him or anything like that. Like, Dennis no, and that's is a good friend. That's one of the things they changed from the book was there was supposed to be this whole thing about Lee and Dennis kind of yeah. having a little fling when Arnie got way too involved with Christine. Uh, but I'm glad they didn't go that route. I like yeah, how this one works better. Stuff that they did to their advantage. Um, like in the book, Christine is possessed by the previous owner, which yeah. they mentioned in this book where he died in it and his wife died and his kid died because he had went through the same thing. But then he's the one possessing Christine. And this yeah. one's just like, nope, it's just an evil car. It's Save soul time. by Satan, soul yeah. by Satan, you know, body by Plymouth, soul by Satan. You know, that's I, I, I think I prefer that, although you can tell that I think that they were leaving themselves some room if they as they filmed to go back that way, just because of how Arnie is almost like transforming into someone else. And it's and not Christine. Another thing, too, where this is a I'm surprised at how long it was like this is two hours long. Oh, yeah. I don't remember that. Well, it, it doesn't and it's feel like you that could way. have added an additional half hour of Arnie turning bad. Like once he's with Lee, she's instantly like, oh, no, it's you always are about that car. It's like, oh, you could have had that with some extra scenes of him showing the car more attention than her. It just kind of happens, you know, I feel like even for a two hour movie, that whole segment's rushed. Like we basically get the drive in scene and then it's immediately he's over obsessed with the car. You know, because he's like straight up making out with Lee. Lee is his focus. And then, nope, it's all Christine now. Yeah, the windshield wiper breaks and he's like, oh, nope, I got to quit. I got to focus on this. I feel like could have been because it's like when she starts choking, he's yelling at the guy, get your hands off of her. Yeah. Which is what he starts screaming about Christine later on in the movie. And that was one thing I did like and I did read that that he treated when uh, Keith was doing the role, he treated Christine as a woman. Yeah. Like so it's every no longer time he's talking to her or touching her, he's treating it as if it is a woman, not the vehicle, like, which just right. adds to the, I guess like this movie could be played so cheeky, tongue in cheek, stupid, but it doesn't, it takes itself very seriously. Mm-hmm. And it's because of the performances and it's because of John Carpenter's direction of like, no, nah, this is a horror drama is the way I saw it when it was all said and done. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I believe that's probably a great way to look at it is, you know, and I know we've talked about it, but if you look at like Maximum Overdrive, that's a very tongue in cheek. Yeah. Fun, zany, just anything could happen. It's like this just happened guess what? We're going to go even further and a freaking little half Jeep with a 50 cal is going to come running up and, you know, start blow shooting bullets. everyone. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, like this one, like you start to see Christine get revenge 
on the bullies and like seeing Arnie's transformation into a James Dean rebel without a cause type character. Cause you know, he starts to wear all red and then he starts to wear all black. Like, Mm -hmm. and as he's being a douche, like I couldn't fully hate him because it's like, he's just a victim. No, he is the total victim in this. There's, there's nothing that he says terrible, horrible things, does terrible things, but it's like, that's not him. It it's one of those things where I, they did try to go back to the old man that sold it to him when Dennis goes to talk to him about Christine that the old man knew exactly what Christine was but it was one of those things like it was the, I think the only way he could even get any kind of peace just to get away from, from it. it. Yeah. yeah. And because even Darnell is like, "Huh." Oh, that car looks familiar. I knew a guy that once blew his brains out in that in one of those vehicles. Right. And that was another thing that has been questioned is why Christine killed Darnell. And I was I'm sitting there like because he just watched it roll right back into the Yeah, like he, the, the he saw too much. And Christine with, went, Oh, he knows. <laughs> yeah. And she's all messed up, was on fire, and it's like, how is she gonna fix herself before Arnie sees it? This dude's got to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's, I did love uh, the way she felt alive. I mean, that's hard to do. It this really is. An is inanimate and object. Do. And like when you see the bullies like destroy her, I mean, absolutely oh my pound God. that vehicle. It is just rough because you're like, no, don't stop. <laughs> Oh, my heart's breaking. You know, you're like, especially that's, now. That's a classic. And then, like, yeah, you know how much now. that windshield is? You know how hard <laughs> it is to get that trim? You know, they had 28 cars. They were like, go nuts, guys. And I'm sitting here going, I don't know where 28 of these are right now. So please don't, <laughs> please don't hit that. It. And like, it. you just keep on breaking them. <laughs> yeah. And it, it was perfect because I didn't do a whole lot of drops for this. But one of my favorite scenes slash drop is right after they destroy the car and Arnie comes back and he yells at Lee and runs her off and he's standing in front of Christine and he starts to hear little things about the car start moving. He doesn't see anything, but he hears it and he turns around and I'm going to play this and it's, it's going to roll into the music a bit, but the music I think again with John Carpenter, gives everything life but yes this is my favorite this is my favorite scene okay show me Dude, how many different classic John Carpenter themes are in that, like, 30 seconds? Yeah, it's so cool. Seriously. This isn't, like, his best soundtrack work, but, man, is it effective. One, to me, when I hear the, you know, the, the Christine theme, I know what it is. But, like, right there, I could hear bits of the thing. I could, I could hear, I mean, honestly, when it kind of almost does that little westerny kind of thing, I'm thinking like vampires. Yeah, exactly. You know, the James Wood movie, and then 
to really drive home the fact that she is a woman, this car, they do that saxophone. Yeah, that, that way it's the dame in the lonely night like we it, talked exactly. about with Cellar Dweller. <laughs> yeah, this dame walks in in a red dress. Not the yeah. kind of red dress that you can buy anywhere. The cherry it's a red lipstick. <laughs> it was a red dress that they don't even make anymore. it's that kind of you know vibe and then it's also you know i'm not gonna play it but it's my favorite scene because it's when the car heals itself which is so cool i love it watch because they had to like i think gut one out use hydraulic pumps Film it in reverse upside down like there's a whole process yeah as i was watching it be explained to me i'm like yeah i don't understand but that's really cool <laughs> well it, it's it, here's a little bit sim- more simplified way so it's broken down into like certain body parts because they don't really show the whole car fixing itself it would do a close-up of say like the fender yeah the side well, panel and stuff what they would do is they would attach a hydraulic ram on the back side of the fender on like a tab and they would film pulling a dent into the fender so that when it was played backwards, the dent is coming back out to a perfect finish, which is what they started with. And the other cool trick they did was because metal and paint didn't really do what they wanted to. Normally when you uh, crease metal, the paint pops off or, you know, it's not going to look like it's pristine. Yeah. Some of the panels were made out of plastic and I think plastic it, and rubber because yeah, uh, so Roy Arbogast was the person who did the special effects on this. And that's like John Carpenter's right hand man. Uh, yeah, he's special did, he did like he's the done like everything stuff with like them. that. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, that it, I just wish I had been there for that thought process of they went, OK, we need a car to be destroyed, but come back perfect. Not like bang a dent out and there's still imperfections. It has to be cherry. It has to be perfection. And how they would just come up with this different ideas and different, you know, solutions, you know, to go, okay, it worked, but the metal looks like shit on camera. And they go, well, let's try it with plastic. We can paint it the same color. Yeah. And, I and think a see lot if of it flexes better. Carpenter just like challenging Roy, like, hey, you got a couple of weeks, figure this out. Oh, yeah. I mean, (laughs) and you can see why they would go through so many cars because, you know, it's like we got to try a little bit of this, try a little bit of that. Oh, we got to set it on fire. Oh, we got to run it down an alleyway that's only like six feet wide. And these freaking cars are like seven feet wide. Yeah, because like once this car gets fixed, then the rest of the movie is how many different ways can we destroy it? How did it squeeze itself into an alleyway just to, you know, crush a bully in half? I I love the death scene with Moochie, which, come on, this kid's name's Moochie in yeah. the movie. <laughs> I wrote it down in my notes, like, Moochie? <laughs> and then I wrote Moochie Taco. So that's, <laughs> that's what happens to him. But they drug his death scene out, and I loved the tension of it, even where he's, like, trying to, like, talk the car down because he thinks yeah. it's Arnie. And I'm like, this is awesome. And then then it goes after Buddy. It wipes out two guys in one shot. And it has such and, a weird shot when it hits that one guy, though. 
Because you get a close-up of, like, him screaming from, like, the inside of the dash. Yeah. It was just so awkward. That was, like, my only, like, big complaint in the movie. I was like, that's a weird way of doing that. It's it's how they, because they crash into the Camaro, and it gets stuck into the Camaro so that it could pull it. Yeah. But to me, it doesn't feel like it pulled it far enough to line back up with the garage door. And this is that whole... Austin Powers thing where the guy is scared of the steamroller and he's just screaming <laughs> while stop! stop and it's taking forever to get there and I'm sitting I'm you know sitting there going move just, off just to the go side <laughs> if you want to be actiony jump over the Camaro part I I don't know it's <laughs> yeah. so much gas go, comes good like, guys wears black and like you jump and you karate kick arnie (laughs) in the face that's exactly (laughs) it and i swear like buddy had to have just gotten a full tank of gas because that stuff comes out so fast and then the other dude who is i guess part of the crew you barely saw he was just an innocent victim who's like dude i just work here (laughs) i remembered him from the shop scene because i think he's the one of the guys that trips dennis you know it makes him fall but he's so like nonchalant, yet they torch his ass. Like gasoline's yeah. running at his feet, and then all of a sudden, the Camaro bursts into flame. Giant explosion. <laughs> and, uh. <laughs> and Buddy starts hoofing it. And look, this is the most iconic scene in the movie. I wouldn't want it done anyway, any other way. But in my brain, if a car's chasing me, the last place I'm running is on the road. Yeah, definitely. Especially that car. I'm like, I'm going <laughs> off road. <laughs> I'm going through trees. I'm yeah. going over medians. Nope. Buddy no, he runs goes into the middle down of the road. The white lines. <laughs> and the car's like, yeah. You're he might as well now. followed like uh, pedestrian traffic laws, too. <laughs> the way he was running. Like, oh, I got the stop sign. I can't. I can't cross just yet. I gotta wait for the green it hand was to let me as, go. It was as bad as don't run upstairs when you're being chased by the killer. Yes. Don't run down <laughs> the road when you're being chased by a car. Come on. It's just basic common sense, buddy. That's all it is to it. All those sideburns took away from his brain cells. That 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 drag as he was running and then his wallet chain belt that had to hurt after a little while yeah (laughs) slapping him in the thigh (laughs) that should have been like a giddy up though for him (laughs) that's motivation (laughs) but without it we wouldn't have that shot of the car fully engulfed in flames and as it's going forward you just see the grill and the headlights peeking through the flames it I sketched it in my book, so it's there. I it got, looks really it's, cool. It's <laughs> awesome. It it's it, it it. I want that poster now. I want to get a picture of that Christine hanging in my shop. Uh, it, it's so cool of how they pulled that off of being able to catch that on fire, and you still had to have a stunt driver in there. Uh, dude's name was Terry Leonard. That they literally caught him on fire as well. <laughs> like, hey, dude, you're gonna be on fire in a fire car. And Drive it. He, hated doing it because they the trick was when christine's out at night killing these guys you can't see through the glass not at all because they had to have like a safety protocol of like basically like a safe word or something like that of yeah because 
they painted the windshields black. That's <laughs> he didn't even have a little peak hole because they were worried you would see it. So none of the glass is see-through and he has to drive and then they set him on fire. And he's also driving one of the worst transmissions Plymouth put in the vehicle <laughs> because it didn't have a stick like we all know where you pull the stick and drive. It had something called push-o-matic, which was push buttons, and they jammed all the time. I'm not even joking about that. They are notorious for it, and there's a whole thing on here where they talked about it stopped production or you know production of the movie for like three days because they were trying to fix so many of the transmissions <laughs> so they could start filming again and then like half of them broke again we had to <laughs> try- fix all these cars make them all look nice and neat we're gonna break some and then the damn transmission doesn't want to do what we want it to i you know me as you know grew up as what the son a of shitter a, me as a son of a mechanic i'd be like how many shots are you doing from the inside the ones you paint black, cut a hole and just put a stick down there so you can shift the transmission <laughs> with a stick. I would have ditched that push button thing long ago. Oh, but, yeah. you know, and that that's Tech Tech Corner with Charlie. Thanks for our new segment. That's how that works. Welcome now. to Tech Corner with Charlie Chase. I don't have your I don't host. Have music, but yeah, it's like don't buy torque flight transmissions. The pushomatic <laughs> button does not work. There we go. You will die. (laughs) You will wish you died. We need the (laughs) shot. We only have 20 minutes. Well, it won't go. I don't know what to tell you, John. It's stuck. Shouldn't have picked this car. This is what you get, John. That's good stuff, man. Uh, One of my other favorite characters, Harry Dean Stanton. The man from Aliens as the cop that's questioning Arnie the whole time. The detective who's just detec- like, I know oh. a thing or two. Who's also driving a Plymouth Fury, but it's like a 78. Yeah. <laughs> Heard like, uh, someone defecate on the dash. It's a lot of, <laughs> a lot of shit. A bunch <laughs> of shitters around here, huh? Yeah. I think I'd be pretty mad about that. <laughs> Arnie trying to play it off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You could tell where the puncture holes and like the chips and paint. Nope. Yeah. Nope. See how it looks how like the, it's solid red. How the paint doesn't quite match. Nope. <laughs> I was like, well, that was. <laughs> he's just like calling bullshit. And that's my thing. What was he thinking? So think about it. Even if you think Arnie is the killer, do you think he has multiple cars? No, you're thinking Arnie is the most sophisticated body shop man killer out there. But then he's who like, has time to work on this vehicle all night and still has time for a bloodlust. Yeah, I mean, he, the guy's like, I was told this was totaled. No, it wasn't that bad. Well, I've told this and this and this. Where'd you buy the paint? They don't make that shade of red anymore. And I'm also that's the other thing I'm sitting there going, you can make any shade of paint. What? Why would that ever be discontinued? You add I'm a, a little detective, bit more. Not a body man. <laughs> you do a little more pigment here or there. But I, I, even to this day, I'm still going, did you think the car was possessed? Those are questions you ask when you're trying to find out if the car's possessed. Can you imagine, though, him taking it to, like, his lieutenant? Like, hear me out now. It's a possessed car. <laughs> yeah, you know, he'd be like, you remember the, the guy that killed himself because of the 
you know, uh, carbon monoxide that he ran the tube from, but yet his wife also died in that car. They're like, yeah, that pile of shit over off of uh, Route 3, yeah, I think it's that car. Yeah, no, it's not that car, man. You're crazy. No, I'm pretty sure it's that car. Some kid's nah, driving same it. Same car. That car's killed before, and it's going to kill again. They're like, all right, <laughs> gun and badge, turn them over. Well, what's your proof? I couldn't find any of the damage that the shitters did to the car. <laughs> and then he couldn't give me a receipt for the paint he used. So it's like, a car. I think you need to retire. And I swear, I think Harry Dean Stanton has looked like that since he was 20. Yeah. Probably, yes. <laughs> He's one of those perpetually old guys like Buddy. Buddy's was just born an old man. Old. He had a ball cap and was old. That that yeah. uh, and I love Harry Dean Stanton. Don't get me wrong. I you know again he is one of my favorites. But I always got that impression that he's questioning Arnie about whether the car's alive. And I'm just like, <laughs> it, it doesn't track, man. No one wants to believe the car's alive. Yeah, that's the one thing no one believes. <laughs> like, no, like his. His girlfriend has been attacked like twice already. And even she doesn't think it's the car. (laughs) She's still like, I don't know. She's just like, all right, it was my fault. I shouldn't have ate the burger so fast. (laughs) (laughs) It's just silly. I don't know why. So, you know, it's like, again, is the movie perfect? Hell no. It's not a perfect movie. But man, like it didn't age as badly as I thought it was going to. No, I, I no, there this this type of movie does have a chance to where and I talked about this with Dan was when I remember a movie from my childhood that really, really impacted me. And that, like I said, this is probably one of those that really did. It's always going to be a special movie to me. It's always going to rate higher, even if I go back now and go, yeah, that wasn't great, but I still love it. Yeah, you know what a lot I mean. Of memories it's, attached to it. Yeah, and I'm not a movie critic. I never, never claim to be, and I don't want to be. I, and I think if, it's fair to have those memories. You know, yeah. change the way the rain is because screw it. it. It's it's why we created it. It's, it's it's give me back what it is is give me back the feeling I have for these kind of movies. Not so much give me back those movies in Hollywood, but make, I want these movies to make me feel like I did back then. You know, I'm watching a car kill teenage kids running around. This is amazing. You know, I'm watching Beastmaster run around without a shirt and a sword and all this other stuff. You know, it's like, that was awesome. Got two pet ferrets. Sweet. You know? Yeah. I want to feel the same emotions I felt as a kid. And Hollywood just can't do it right now. Hollywood <laughs> just keeps falling on its face right now. And it's sad, but thankfully we get 4k restorations of Christine. We get, you know, scream factory versions of some of our favorite classic movies that we end up buying. You know, it's, I, I'm thankful for those type of companies out there that are doing that. Cause I feel like they're initial, they're, they're, they're the ones that have a little bit more money behind them that have the same feeling we do we love these movies so much let's fix them yeah let's go out let's, find the original you know film copies and however many it takes to put it back together and make it look all nice and neat for the modern age absolutely but let's uh you want to get into the final 
part. I mean, we're not we're kind of jumping all over the place, but uh, we yeah, can't. I mean, everyone has seen Christine. Every there's a million podcasts on Stephen King alone. Like, yeah, you're just getting our hot take on what we love. But we can't go without talking about the showdown running running it over with a bulldozer. Yeah, I mean, come on, <laughs> and that's. <laughs> I read that they had to teach uh, Dean Stockwell. Is it Dean Stockwell? John, John Stockwell. Dean Stockwell. It has to be somebody else. Um, they had to teach him how to drive the uh, the bulldozer to get him to even be able to film those those scenes oh, where nice. he's in it. So not only is he having to wear like a knee brace because you know he just got out of the hospital, that now he's like, I don't know how to drive this thing. Well, we're going to have to like make it out like you do know what you're doing. Yeah, because you got to destroy Christine. Oh, great climax. You finally get to see Arnie in full, like, possession I was going to say, like, full villain mode almost, like, fully taken over. That's what yeah. it is. He's kind of what I guess we're supposed to picture the original owner probably looked at, like, when he, you know, was, like, fully engrossed after probably like, yeah. after his wife when was killed or something. Over. And he didn't uh, remember to wear a damn seatbelt. Older cars, man. It's a different time. <laughs> it was a different time. Seatbelt, schmeat smelt, man. It, you didn't need all that stuff. You I don't still need remember. A belt. I remember riding in a few vehicles that didn't have seatbelts. Hell, I rode in station wagons where the seats faced backwards, and you made faces at the people behind you. You're old. You know, shut up, Nate. <laughs> they still make station wagons, but no, yeah, they were like the Land Cruiser station wagons. The old chevy caprices that were like 20 feet long yeah i was gonna say that was an actual boat <laughs> wood grain gotta have wood grain on it it was gray yeah no <laughs> it's classic. i drove I, I drove one for a little while honestly i'd love to have one back we're back in charlie's uh car talk corner here on give, give me back, back my, my wood panels <laughs> the next podcast there you go Give me, give me back my classic cars. It's there actually we where we go and try to figure out what new vehicles can get wood panels. You say that my dad's been on me. Mom drives a white Equinox, and I swear every time we go outside, he goes, "What if they make a wood paneling kit for this car?" It <laughs> screams wood paneling. Not even making that up. I had no idea you were going to say that, but that just dawned on me that. <laughs> And it's not like he wants to put wood. He wants the graphic kit, you know. Like yeah, you know, he just vinyl. wants it to have that aesthetic. But he's like, this would look cool with wood panel. And you know, we, we're making fun of it, but they did try that with what the PT Cruisers. You yeah, know, they, they had did. those those wood panels. Well, the PT on Cruiser those, is but... just like, what if we just make an abomination? What if we made a station wagon and then shrunk it in the wash? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, we left it on hot. <laughs> <laughs> Whoopsie. Yeah, I didn't fit in those very good. I never owned one. We keep talking about everything but this movie, man. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> it's my birthday, damn it. I'll talk about whatever I want today. Yeah. Not that today's my birthday, but, you know. It's maybe up. it is it's when we're birthday month, so every day is Charlie's birthday in this month. On the podcast, in my house, no. Your birthday is the day it is. What is up with birthday weeks and birthday months? Like, I literally hey, know people that do it. The that world way. is miserable, so we might as well have a little bit of glee. I'm No, to me, that's like, how much freaking money is that going to cost me now? One oh, day, I thought it's just you wake up and go, you know what? It's my birthday month. No, no, no. I've seen where people are like, they get like almost a present every day 
or some kind of big event thing for an entire no, week. No, that's impossible. Can't do and that. And I'm like, what? Nope. What planet are you from, man? That the cost alone. Oh no, that's it's it's supposed to be. You wake up and go, yep, it's my birthday month, and that's it. You're just supposed to feel good. See, I don't, I don't even get that because my birthday month is January, which means I just came off of Christmas month. Yeah, yours is recovery month. Yeah, it, it, the only thing worse is having your birthday too close to Christmas, and you got shared presents. It's your birthday yeah. and Christmas present bullshit karen go get me another present <laughs> i am owed but yeah it was uh i never understood that and I, i've no i've i've known quite a few people that they celebrate it for the month ones i think i only know like maybe one or two people that do that but it's always a birthday week and i'm like yeah, i can't even do a birthday week nope it does it start on your birthday and then a week after is it a week before or does your birthday land like on a Wednesday and you go from Saturday to Saturday. Don't want to make dinner each night. So you're like, screw it. It's birthday week. We're ordering takeout again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes I wonder if that's what it is, you know, but I don't know. Mine's birthday. What day is my birthday? My birthday is on a Sunday. So at least I don't have to go to work because yeah, I work on my birthday. If it lands during the week. Yep. So I (laughs) might get my birthday. I'm not using a PTO day on my birthday i'm like not nah, screw it no that's 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 not fair I, the, uh, you know what that's what we should start petitioning people should get their birthdays paid off they should it's one it's one Just extra one day, day. What yeah harm? if you have if you have 500 employees that's 500 pay- <laughs> days off maybe for the smaller companies but you know what <laughs> There's 499 employees that can pick up the slack of the one that's off on their birthday. And I doubt there's like 75 sharing it all on the same day. There's at least two. So at least <laughs> they're the two that are screwing it up for everyone else. They're like, we can't give everyone the same day off. You know, think you'll about bankrupt us. There's only 365 days in a year. And out of 499 people, there's a lot more. There's actually quite a few. Bir- there's quite a few that have shared birthdays, Nate. I'm no mathematologist, but there's some shared days there. I could science the math. I might be able to figure this out. <laughs> Carry the seven, divide by cards. Go to I'm Vegas. done with this bit. You'd think Dan was on the episode right now because we've you just would. gone on a whole nother tangent. Turns but, out he's uh, infected us. Damn it, Dan. You screwed up the whole thing. Really hoping you me. pull through, Dan. Really hoping. <laughs> We're rooting for you, brother. Even though I'll I'll never let you live down, I can't record tonight. Well, good, because you weren't supposed to. (laughs) That's like waking up on a Saturday thinking you got to go to school. Yeah, that's exactly what that is. That's That's why you're still waking up in the middle of the night like, oh, shit, I'm going to be late for school. And it's like, I'm a 33-year-old man. (laughs) And it's Saturday night. I don't have to go to school tomorrow. I can imagine Dan probably here. <laughs> he probably woke up from a nap and went, "It's almost six Thursday. I, it's Thursday. I don't feel like recording. I'm gonna message Charlie, and I'm literally reading it, going, "The hell is he talking about? What did he watch? <laughs> well, for a split second, I'm like, did we invite him on the Christine? Because that would probably be the one horror one he would watch." You know, I, I think he has seen this movie, but I was like, 
we didn't talk about this. We talked about <laughs> other things. Oh, man. That's fun. We got to pick on Dan a little bit. He's not here to defend himself. It's fine. Exactly. It's all good. <laughs> all right. So uh, they crush Christine with a bulldozer. They, they, they ram it over. up. They, uh, well, they ram it into a wall a couple times. They drop the blade on it, and she keeps coming back. I did love that. Like, oh, yeah. Like, no she ma- is completely determined because her odometer is now at zero. Because every time, it, uh, from when I got her, she was killing, she was getting younger and younger back to her production line days. I, she was at 88,000 miles. Oh, yeah. Well, she was over 88. Actually, when uh, they first look at it, she's at 97. And he goes, she at 97? So the first time. It, it goes down throughout the film. And what I think, you know, that there's, hold on, there's an interesting way to look at that. Because she doesn't kill many. I think it starts going down once Arnie starts driving her around and get almost like she's absorbing the life force from Arnie. Could be. He kind of looks like it. Like he does start looking more like they oh, do the whole dark more circles. More pale and like, yeah. So it's, it's like it's draining his soul because soul by Satan. Um, soul by Satan. Soul by Satan. Body by Bl- Plymouth. Um, <laughs> I love that trailer, man. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good, damn it, that we're doing this. She is seductive. She is passionate. She is. She is possessive. Kind of. Yeah. She is pure. Evil. Well, yeah. Pure, oh. pure evil. Oh. She is Christine. A 1958 Plymouth Fury, oh, yeah. possessed by hell. Hell. Her previous owner is not alive to warn her present one. Which would Once be weird, because that would still be her owner. Wheel, yeah. You will be hers, body and soul. Oh. There is no place you can hide. Oh, no okay, why would I hide? Oh, okay. And nothing you can do can stop her. Unless you have a bulldozer. Because how do you yep. kill something that can't possibly be alive? Bulldozer and a bulldozer. car crusher. Christine. Body by Plymouth. Soul by Satan. So it says Satan! as it <laughs> Dr. Satan. <laughs> <laughs> it, it literally says though when it takes over your body and soul is like maybe that's she is arnie's body and soul body and soul so it's rolling her odometer back yeah i realized that we could talk over it so it was going to be even yeah we already played it once yeah we played it once so now we can (laughs) vo it you know we can do voiceover we give our own commentation on it which is even better and some trailers need us to do that we still got to do stellar dweller (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's so bad Actually, we should have just talked over the high tension episode. That way, we would add. Yeah, that's actually something. what we should have done. We should have added like our own screams to high tension. I, sh- and our I own should have had. I should have had you pull up the same video on YouTube and then just talk us through it. So, yeah. All right. <laughs> so it right now we're seeing a vehicle. <laughs> we got an overhead shot over a field of corn. <laughs> All that stuff. That would have been awesome. Damn it, we're smart now. Yeah, we got for the next foreign movie we do that has zero (laughs) 
uh, <laughs> oh, dialogue right, in the trailer. <laughs> uh, let's do our rain and bloods. You ready for rain and blood? Hell yeah. It's so much better now, isn't it? It really is. I've added some mood. It has mood now. It's alive like Christine. Grit. That's right. It's got Soul some of Satan. It's got some spunk. All right, Nate. Ah, raining blood. I counted seven in this movie. Between Buddy's old crew getting wiped out, uh, an auto worker thrown in with Darnell. And then Arnie biting Arnie. it at the end. Yeah. So I, I got seven. It's a low body count, but again, with horror movies, I think we get low body count sometimes. Yeah, yeah. and this one, I mean, I don't, there's barely any blood in this movie at all. No. And I don't what, think there's any blood. Uh, the auto worker that gets his fingers cut, but not cut off. Yeah, but it's like there's you get blood. to see the bandages. So um, that's like medical nursing. And then. They describe Moochie, yet we never got to see it. Yeah, we never, like, which yeah. is really surprising that Carpenter didn't decide to do like a shot of a well, body being split. They did the whole thing of the car going towards him. Like, that's a lot of effort for it just to show him like poop straining. Yeah, that's all he does. But then the detective, when he's talking to Arnie, is talking like, it cut him directly in half. I mean, his legs were Yeah, like were it was gone. a clean cut of this man being in half. Yeah. And, you know, Arnie's like, well, uh, that's what happens to shitters, I guess. You know, And that was another thing. Arnie started using language more and more as Christine was taking control of him. He was sounding oh, yeah. more like He was starting to be guy. more. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, you know, there are all these little things where it's slowly seeping into him, but. Yep, we got seven in this one, so not bad. Respectable. No, it's we'll respectable. Take it. Yeah, absolutely. Let's hit our machetes. Guys, it's okay. He just wanted his machete back. Whew. Well, I think you got to go first for the inaugural 2022. And it's your birthday, so. so you get to go. That's right. My birthday, I get to go first, Dan. Yeah, um, Dan. Really hope you pull through, Dan. Really hoping you pull through. Yep. Yeah, we're all rooting for you, brother. We're all we got a prayer chain. No, we didn't actually start one, but you know. We, we do have a it. donation chain. We don't. We never got we don't. We never we got don't. we never got it off the ground. There were fees don't involved. know how to create the link. No. No. Somehow it says uh give me back my podcast network on it, not not get well Dan. I don't know what happened. So very odd. <laughs> Uh, this one, again, it's my favorite horror movie. It has a ton of nostalgia. It has meaning to my family more than I thought it did even, you know, until I found out a few years ago. Um, it's so well done. It's a John Carpenter that was written by Stephen King. It's how could you go wrong with this movie? I'm giving it an eight and a half. It's eight and a half machetes all day long, man. It's I do I want more blood? 
absolutely. Give me a ooey gooey, Christine, and it's going to be 10 machetes. Let's put it that way. It's, I liked all of the actors, but he looks like he's 37 in this in high school. Um, other than that, I, I didn't have any issues with every, with anyone in it. The mom looked like I knew her from so many movies and I looked her up and I'm like, I, I don't know who this lady is. Like she's been in stuff. She's always been working. She has that like TV mom look to her. She has the TV mom look, but she also had that like Pamela Voorhees aesthetic to her. Oh yeah, I see what you're saying. She had like she could have been the the evil mom or stepmom in half a dozen movies in the eighties, but she wasn't. She just had that look. And like the dad is a total throwaway character. You could have put anyone in that role. You know, it was definitely the Yeah, mom he's just there for a moment to get life. choked out that's it but um nope eight and a half it's a favorite i watch it every year sometimes twice um even when i told jackie what we were doing she got excited because it's like oh we get to watch christine so um yeah i've got collectibles in my shop it's not as many as my he-man but it's a favorite eight and a half we're back nice um it's pretty funny this is i think the first time it's happened it's eight and a half for me as well what Um, yeah, <laughs> we mat- we're I didn't, I didn't go down one or like, oh, well, it's actually an eight, Charlie. No, um, and I think a lot of it has to do with how long it's been since I've seen it. My perception mm-hmm. of what this movie was and compared to what it actually is and just being that like sad story. Like it really like hit me last night and like all day. I was just like, man, like what a tragic movie. Like it really is. And it's well made. <laughs> It's not cheesy. Um, no, and I, I think you nail it right there. This movie is not cheesy and doesn't try to be cheesy. It doesn't try to be horror schlock or, you know. No, you, and it's I probably, think of the Futurama episode where Bender turns into a Christine-type character. Yeah, they that's do. That's what it like, reminds like, I'm just like, oh, yeah, that's that's what everyone always does with Christine. It's like, nope, that's not it. No, it, that one was they kind of blended the car, which was the black uh sedan that's going around killing people and then christine in the future because i remember his grill in that one and it looks very the car but yeah this one and i you know i guess if you look at it like that that's probably why he didn't go over the top with the gore because then it very easily could have been just lumped in with another you know slasher gory it you could know, have been straight after the thing of like, all right, I just did a bunch of gore and audiences did not react yeah. to that well. So I, I, let's go back to the Halloween it. roots where there's no gore at all. And it's more of just let's focus on characters. This is a character story that yeah. happens to be a horror story. And I always appreciate stuff like that a lot. Like, I love I my I, ooey gooey. I love oh, my God, over yeah. the top violence. But there, there's a special place for stuff like this. And the fact that it's like, all right, I thought this was legit going to be an hour and 20 minute movie. I legit remember it's like, all right, he gets the car, turns evil, boom, boom, people die. It's like, no, like this is well drawn out with your characters that you get to spend with. Like, oh, yeah, highly recommend everyone to go back and rewatch Christine if it's been a while, because you're not going to be disappointed of like, oh, that turned out kind of cheesy, like some movies do from the 80s. But like 
your nostalgia overtakes that where you're like, ah, I can overlook that. No, there's really nothing that is like, except for that one shot of a dude getting hit. That's a little awkward, but it's probably just the way the stunt team couldn't figure out how to do it a little bit better. Yeah. That that's just, you know, in how they were blocking out the shot. I would have to say if I had to put a finger on one cheesy thing in the movie, even though I wouldn't want it changed is the very, very end where the car kind of moves kind of wants to come back to life. Yeah. Now there is supposedly a remake in the works with Blumhouse right now. And I'd Mm. go as far as to say, if these reboot sequels are the new hotness right now, why not make it a sequel where Christine comes back? Yeah. Don't reboot it. Don't reboot it. Just continuation of like, you could mention that there was a person back in the day that, lost his mind he had a girlfriend that swore up and down it was the car no one believed her yeah or his best friend they all kind of wrote them off as crazy you know um and this then would... just have it to where maybe even someone that was already evil gets the car or something i don't know well i you know it would work because there's nothing because it's an object it's an object that can essentially heal itself there's no reason that can't be recreated in the modern world yet still be a 58 Plymouth. Exactly. It could still be around. that Plymouth running around. We could say it just took so long to get out of the cube form to regenerate. Well, look what it looked like before Arnie got it. It was exactly deteriorating because it didn't have a soul to bring it back to life. To absorb. Yeah. So it's like the old man knew better because you know he does drop that line where he goes she came back and dennis is like what do you mean it came back and he doesn't answer him so it's like that dude knew what was up and he just never messed with the car and ever it again. would play into she would have let's say the 90 some thousand miles on her again in the year 2022 and it wouldn't even bat an eye oh absolutely I, you know, as much as I hate remakes or reboots or anything like that, I think I'd be happier with that where she just appeared in modern times. Because once Which again, were... she was evil for no reason. She appears for no reason. Like, she just kind of comes back. It's, you know, soul by soul. You don't soul. really have to over-explain it. You don't have to overdo it. No. It, well, that's like this movie. It's not, while there's a lot of build up for the human characters the car's just evil yeah period period it's just you can't stop evil yeah Yeah. what what more you know build up do you need us to explain you know you know we can't really give you a backstory she came off the assembly line evil done that's where now you can give us a movie where like the back tire spins over a head and like all the brains gush onto a wall or something i think i would prefer a splatter fest i i think to to not step on this version of it give me that bloody yeah do the yin and yang of like the opposite direction of like all right well this one is there are now guts flying out everywhere and stuff yeah cut a kid in half and show me half of the kid being drugged in trails and he's like crawling like oh my god you know i fully expect the car to be engulfed in flames by the end and then 
show it run over the body and the body's now on fire laying on the asphalt. Yep. And, and then, then the car like we'll have a hubcap fall off and it wheels down the road and it's still on fire. Got to get that classic shot in there. Or it loses a hubcat and takes out like a kid's hand. Yeah. Takes out the fingers. We always got to lose fingers. I don't know what it is, man. I'm all about losing fingers. So a hubcap goes flying and some kid loses their fingers because they were running out in the street to catch their little red ball, which we're talking about the modern times. So his cell phone, he wasn't paying attention. He was on he was the, walking the, the road. YouTubes. He was watching the, the Twitters and the Snappers, and he runs across the road without looking, and a hubcap comes flying, and it cuts his fingers off, which takes the phone with it. Yeah, and, the and then gone. from that day forward, he never looks at another phone again. Well, it's because he doesn't have any more fingers. So yeah, it'd he, be really hard to do it. They're all touchscreen now. <laughs> I don't know. We just wrote Blumhouse. We've done all the work for you, man. Yep. You just, You're welcome, you just Blumhouse. Film just film it now. That's all you got to do. All right, brother. Well, I think we've said our piece about Christine. Um, Lovely choice. Love it. My birthday episode. Um, we have, we can't drop names yet, but yet. I will, I will go ahead and say we are lined up with several interviews coming up yeah we soon. got some pretty exciting interviews coming up um we do by the time this episode drops we can start saying at least yeah one. we'll we'll have stuff in the group we'll start dropping it there and uh not just a horror one we may finally be uh doing our very first action interview in about a month so we'll see how that goes for us. It'll, Things start uh, to line up real quickly. <laughs> yeah, it has been a blur of a week for me, man. I have sent more emails out and, you know, uh, Facebook Messenger messages and people, like, sending me all kinds of stuff that it's just been like, dang, the year just started. Like, what yeah. the heck, man? That's I feel We're like not trying to make it to open. where you're getting, like, three episodes in a week we're wanting to stay with our schedule we don't want to over no yeah no i lord i don't know how we would have the time but yeah it it's we're not ungrateful for it we're extremely grateful and we couldn't do it without everybody listening we appreciate you guys um sticking around with us as yeah, me and nate seriously means the world about these things <laughs> we'll talk about a movie and end up talking about seven other movies as we go but you know, what panels and how they need to go back on vehicles we're going to talk about PT cruisers and stuff like that, <laughs> but no, uh, so I'll be looking for that. We got some stuff coming up. Uh, thank you to everybody in the network. Good beer, bad movie night, monster movie stomp down. You know, the shows you heard the commercials, uh, live, live in, in color, color with Wolfie D Wolfie D. Um, a lot of, and that show's always going, uh, I guess when Dan is out of the woods, uh, we should be having the Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling show getting ready to kick off hopefully next month because by the time you hear this, it'll probably be February within a day or two. So um, we should have that rolling. Just got to um, get everybody healthy. I think we can make the announcement, too, that if you like my sexy, sultry voice, you're going to start hearing it a little bit more on Give Me Back My Action Movies. I wasn't going to announce that yet. What's wrong with you? Yeah, we can announce it. <laughs> we had a lot of fun. Highlanders doing the Highland already dropped. <laughs> yeah, we had a lot of fun doing the Highlander episode. So I was like, you know what? 
uh, let's let's mix it up a little bit. Let's start bringing Nate in on so we can have some three way conversations. Um, doesn't work with the horror one because Dan would have to watch horror movies, and we both know that's not gonna that's happen. not gonna happen. We he, might get he, he, one out of the year. That'll be one of my goals for twenty twenty two. Get Dan to watch one of them to this join was on. It. This was it. That we had our <laughs> chance and lost well, it because we missed it. <laughs> he even said, "I can't record tonight." <laughs> so <laughs> had to be the Christine episode, the one horror movie he probably would have sat through, and he'd be like, "Yep, nope, can't do it." We'd then be he like, would have gave we... Christina two and pissed us off. Yeah. Because now it's be like, all right, we're going to go watch, you know, Ghosts of Mars. And he's going to be like, oh, what's that? And I'll explain it to him. And he'll be like, I don't want to watch that. Yeah. And then I'm going to make him watch a Steven Seagal movie. And I'm going to be like, do you want to watch a horror movie now? He goes, maybe. Maybe I'll watch a horror movie. (laughs) Wait till it's my birthday month. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, see, he forgets. You know, I already know what his birthday pick is. He's already told me. And it's not what everyone thinks, which I think is hilarious um but yeah we haven't got through nate's birthday picks yet seagal timber (laughs) seagal timber segimber i don't know how you (laughs) i don't know (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna find the energy drinks online i'm gonna buy a whole case of them (laughs) oh that's what we should and then i'm gonna drink them for my entire birthday week (laughs) no we should each get like a case of them we do it like good beer bad movie where we do an energy drink test test tasting but it's the Seagal energy drinks. Why is my urine red? <laughs> Don't worry about it. It's the power of Seagal. <laughs> all of a sudden, I just look at somebody and I can snap their elbow. <laughs> and that's all I need it's, to do. It's actually the cure for COVID. It, it is. It, it really is. So if I Don't jinx me, man, because I'm like the only one in any of the circle of friends that hasn't even been sick in this pandemic. So <laughs> don't put that 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 curse on me, Ricky Bobby. I ain't doing it. <laughs> I don't want to get sick. Stay healthy. Just stay in my little wood shop away from everybody. Uh yep. And uh, if you guys want to join in on more conversation that's not on the podcast that me and Nate keep rambling on, come over to uh Give Me Back My Horror Movies, the Facebook group. Give me back my action movies, the Facebook group. We also have our Instagram pages. Nate is in full control of the horror Instagram page. He's over there killing it. We're already over a hundred follows on that one in like three days after he took it over. So I feel like a piece of crap, but that's okay. He's doing awesome. I'm the young guy <laughs> that knows all about the hashtags. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag dot snapper. I don't know what I'm doing over there. I just. When I click on something, a little heart appears. So apparently, I liked it. Yeah. So that's the instas. <laughs> and, and all the other podcasts I follow, they're all my age. So we're all over there trying to figure out the algorithm. There's this young whippersnapper who's just like roller rollerblading around the feeds. <laughs> we're we're wanting to bring in new fans of this stuff and yet we're not reaching them we can only find other 40 year old dudes (laughs) that are like yeah i remember that movie that's awesome i'll listen to you talk about it you know we need to keep it alive by talking to more 40 year old (laughs) yeah (laughs) i'm not good with social media i was never made for this but uh 
Thanks, everybody. Uh, if you want to shoot us an email over at gmbmampod at gmail.com. Um, thank you to anybody I've forgotten. Thank you guys for listening. We have our uh, anniversary episode. It's going to be coming up here pretty soon. Looking forward to that, which I think will be the episode after this one. If I, if my it calendar, if my mathematology adds up, it'll be the uh, next uh, episode. So one year, man. Let's see if we can make Hell it a, job. a month. Let's see if we yeah. can make it a month <laughs> after the <laughs> listenership drops after this episode. It's fine. It's all good. You guys have already heard the worst from us. It can only get better from here. The little graph's going to just plummet. Yeah. Yeah, we, we lost 10, 10 listeners just in this episode alone. Way to go, Nate. <laughs> We're big on Instagram, but lost them on listenership. <laughs> it's all Nate's fault. <laughs> blame you, Nate. I blame you. I learned it by watching you. <laughs> All right, brother. Give us the word. Let's let's end this thing. Groovy. Hail to the king, baby. Bro, you're